got bad news for you. What is happening, everyone? <clears throat> Welcome back to the Jazz Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Ortiz, and we're back. This is episode 16 of the Jazz Jitsu Podcast. I am your host, Jazz Ortiz. We're back with another episode. What is happening, guys? I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but your boy's been a little stuffy lately. That's why... Uh, that's why it took me a little bit to get this out. I didn't want to uh, get on this mic and be all raspy and nasally. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was, man. I don't know if it was just like a common cold or just allergies, but I just had like a little cough and congestion and a little sinus pressure, but that was it. Who knows? Might have been Delta. Delta 8. Delta... I get I get so confused nowadays when people talk about <clears throat> weed or COVID because, you know, now they basically have what's considered legal weed, which is Delta 8. And also this new thing that's coming out, new thing that's coming out um, called the Delta variant of the COVID, whatever that means. So what's been going on, man? What's been going on since the last time I was on here? Last time, I think I was in the mountains, and um, I got answer the <clears throat> answer this text back just to let him know I'm potting. Um, yeah, I was in the mountains last time, and um, it was a good trip. It was a good trip. Um, got to uh, can't remember. Yeah, when I spoke to y'all last was um right before the fights. What a crazy, crazy uh. Oh no, it was after it was after the Connor fight. You know, it was pretty crazy how that went down. Yeah, man. I want to go ahead and get into uh what happened uh this past weekend, man. It was a good uh probably one of the best uh fight nights there's been for the UFC in a while. It was uh <clears throat> Corey Sandahagen and TJ Dillashaw. Boy, I was originally um I can't even remember I can't even remember if I was gonna go out or do anything that that uh that night but no I was home because I was feeling like shit but um I had to uh change my oil in my car and um I just got tired of uh you know I used to work at an uh oil changing place and I just got tired of uh uh having someone else do it I was like why why don't I do it you know that would save me some time because you know every time you go up to this place is it's about an hour freaking 45 to 45 minutes to an hour wait so for you to get in there is freaking next impossible so I was like I'll change my old myself so I did everything right and I mean it was a simple old change and then I'm driving yeah I was supposed to go meet um Amber and Allison to uh just hang out and watch fights and as I'm driving down the road I hear this rattling and I'm like, oh, that can't be good. So I so I stop and I'm like, oh fuck, did I not like tighten something up correctly, or did I not uh did I not uh leave something uh, how it should have been? And when I look under there, I'm like, I don't see nothing. So then when I get get home, I I get underneath the car and I start looking at things, and everything looks fine. Nothing, no oil filter popped off, nothing. And then I popped the hood, and so my sister had helped me out with this. And she she had told me when she poured the oil, she was like, yeah, you know, a little bit spilled out, um, but I, I got it all in there. So I take a look, and there's a lot of oil spilled all over the hood, all over the the top of the engine. And I'm like, well, fuck, what am I going to do? So I clean it all off, whatever, and then I check the stick on the oil, on the oil, oil thing. I check the oil stick. And there was no oil in it. Aries, 
if you're listening to this, you didn't put any oil in my car. It all went over my engine. So I quickly went and got some oil and uh, filled it up. Luckily, I had some on hand. So I filled it up, and it was good. Then I drove it a couple of days and I, and checked it again, and it's been it's been fine. And so I was like, "Freaking Aries, you freaking left! You freaking didn't put no oil in my car." TF, come on, man. But um, Aries, don't go into the mechanic business. Might not be the best job for you. But anyways, another thing uh, that I had to fix on my car um, this week. I don't know if y'all, if anyone's ever ever tried to do this, but the window on my driver's side kept uh, falling, and I was and I'd had problems with this before, where it would either just stay up or uh, fall down and not get back up, and I was like, oh, I gotta take care of this. So ordered the part from Amazon. Finally got here uh, today, and so I changed it. It was fifteen. It took me like. 30 minutes in total to take everything out. Uh, it's called a window regulator. So I took the old one out, put the new one in, and I thought to myself, I really hope that this works because if it doesn't, I don't know what I'm going to do. So put that thing on there, and it worked perfectly. So we're all good to go. Now uh, I just got to get my AC fixed. Uh, my freaking AC's been out for like freaking two months now. And I just I haven't gotten it fixed. But we're going to get that fixed. So, yeah, man. You can just call me uh, Fix It uh, fix it All Jazz. I can fix it all because, man, I'm telling you, it's it's so much easier just to YouTube things now. You can YouTube how to do basically anything at this point. And um, my AC, I don't know if I might try and YouTube it. We'll see how complex that is. But um, i got to find out what's wrong with it in the first place. So... We'll see what happens with that, but I'm basically a mechanic now, so your boy can fix everything. I changed one window, and now one mechanic. But um, back to these fights, man. It was a uh, it was a great card. Um, yeah. Uh, I ended up. I can't remember because I was kind of do. No, no, no. Uh, I think I watched the whole thing. I started with the uh, the women's flyweight fight, the uh, Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber fight. I wanted to watch that one because I'm a big fan of Miranda, and um, she's uh, local to the area, so I wanted to support her. And um, I don't know how you couldn't have called it for Miranda. She did everything to win, and there was just I I don't see how you could uh, you could have called it for uh, Barber. You know, I don't like Macy Barber in general just because I, I feel like she's a bit douchey uh, in the cage. But might be my own personal beliefs, but uh, in my own opinion. But I feel like after that fight, even everyone else was was uh, getting on social media going, you know, how was that uh, in Barber's favor? And it wasn't, uh, I think it was by split decision. Let me see here. I can't remember what it was, but... I, I was like, there's no way that that fight could have been called for uh, Barber. And then the next fight was the Darren Elkins fight. And um, it's always interesting to see um, how pe- how fighters like Darren Elkins do. Because when they go out there, when fighters like Darren Elkins go out there, it's just a bang. Like, you're, it, like throwback to like freaking old Vanderlei days and freaking Justin Gaethje back before he started using his uh his technique it's just like rock him soccer man and he basically got the shit beat out of him until he didn't uh, the guy got tired from beating him up and then Darren Elkins uh, got on his back and then just started landing bombs so after that fight uh after that fight was when I was going to go meet them to watch the main event and that's when all that happened. So I missed the command event. So then by the time I got my oil and my car and everything, that's when I was able to catch the TJ uh, Sandahagen fight. Man, I tell you, Corey looked a lot like Ryan Hall out there. He was trying to do a lot of like spinning stuff and like back fist or like spinning something. 
and it just wasn't go. It just wasn't happening for him. And so I think every time he was doing that, he was um, losing on the, losing on the cards. I think if he wouldn't have uh, if he wouldn't have done that, he would have taken a decision very easily. So um, yeah, I I had um, I don't know who I had winning man. I could have I would have been fine with a draw to be honest. Um, I wanted TJ to win, but. I could have seen it going for Sandahagen. I mean, I, I do, however, th- uh, agree with um, many people who are saying that TJ won and that he won a strategic battle. You know, you could tell that Corey had done some damage on TJ, but TJ won on the on paper. If you looked at it on paper, he got more takedowns. He was controlling them against the cage, and he was just doing all the right things, man. It was just, uh, it was just a uh, very technical and uh, good fight for TJ, but. Here's my thing. Where does he go from here? You know, he said he wants a title fight. After that fight, I mean, and he was also, he had said he uh, tore his uh, MCL. So I wonder what a uh, what a healthy uh, TJ Dillashaw would, would do uh, against Peter Yon because he said he had had a lot of troubles throughout the camp and um, he was uh, very compromised going into this fight. So I'd love to see uh, a healthy TJ and... Uh, how that would uh how that would do in a uh, main event uh, title fight and there was also a uh bare knuckle fight not long ago is this past uh this past friday it was uh the Ostevich and Van Zamp fight the battle of the hotties man let's see here I call. I wanted to catch some of the uh, the prelims, but we were celebrating for uh, my wife Allison's birthday, so um, I didn't get to catch many of the fights. The one, the one that I did want to watch though was the uh, the Brit Britain Hart. Is that how you would pronounce her name? It's spelled like the like the country Britain Britain Hart because I don't know if y'all have seen the video. But she had the most cringy post-fight interview I've ever seen in my life. Let me look it up here. Britain Hart post-fight interview. It was so cringy. Like, uh, I was like, bro. Somebody get their woman's, man. Oh, I won't play the sound. Let's see. Let's see if I can pull it up on my phone. Awkward silence. Here we go. I'm not a person, though. I'm not. I'm a fucking feeling. And all of you guys are gonna feel it. Oh, don't say that, though, please. And you're all gonna feel it. Oh, sir, call in the moment. You could tell she was feeling herself. So... I wonder if her post-fight, uh, what her post-fight, uh, interview was like this go-round. I wonder if she won. I don't even think I caught that fight. Let me see. I wonder if she won. Bretton Hart. Did she win? Oh, she beat Jenny Savage by TKO from Punches. Which I guess that would make sense. It's a bare knuckle fight. Oh, snap son she caught her with the Vanderlei just rock em sock em oh goodness dude watching bare knuckle is just it's just something else man I don't know if I like it or not I guess this Jenny Savage felt her she felt her all throughout jeez son she got up in her mental space with that man yeah, man, I don't know how to feel about Mare Knuckle. You know, Joe Rogan was such an advocate for it um, for the longest time. And now I feel like you don't hear him talk about it as much because he's like, oh, maybe it's not as maybe it's not as uh, pretty as we thought it'd be. Which, I mean, no fight is going to be pretty, but do you see how much damage these guys are taking, uh, guys and girls taking 
in such a short amount of time. Like I've seen people cut up so bad from a bare knuckle fight, uh, from one fight than I've seen in UFC, like freaking millions of fights. Like someone could go their whole career and not have as many cuts as someone who's been through one bare knuckle fight. Like I just don't see the, the sustainability and the longevity in it. And then the next fight, the much-anticipated Blueface versus Kane Trujillo, a.k.a. Newman, a.k.a. Uh, the, what would you call it? He's gotten canceled on freaking TikTok, man. He's, who isn't canceled these days? Man, I don't even know what to say about that fight, man. I caught the highlights of it, and I'm just like, bro, how is this? How is this a real man? Like, I couldn't even take either of them seriously. Like, I was like, dude, like, how is this? How is this real? Like, how is this real? It can't be. It can't be. There's no way. It was just, it was just such a joke, honestly. Like, such a joke. Like, Blueface, I just wanted to get shit beat out of him just because uh, of his shit music. Uh, Kane... I didn't really care. I mean, if he won, cool. But then I'm like, well, who are you going to fight next? Freaking Jake? Logan? I mean, come on now. He just got lit up, man, like a freaking firecracker on July 4th, man. He just got lit up. And then the Paige Van Zandt-Rachel Ostovich fight. I uh, called the highlight to that also. It'll be. It's interesting how they... Uh, how they uh, didn't talk about uh, Paige's win over her, win over Rachel in the lead up to the fight. Maybe because it was, uh, they didn't talk about it as much. Maybe because it was the uh, the fact that she caught her on the ground. She she snapped her arm with an arm bar and uh, pretty nasty. But they just went at it, man. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a spectacle for sure. I wonder uh I wonder what the uh the next one will be. Yeah, man. Um and latest jujitsu news, the Danaher De- Death Squad has broken up. Is anyone as sad as I am? I doubt it, man. Or not really. It's like you're sad but you're not, because majority of them are staying together anyway. And uh they're moving to the States. So Looks like I gotta pack my bags. I'm moving to oh Austin Tejas, man. Honestly, if everything, if me and Allison could just move, just like that, if we didn't have to worry about uh, family or ties here, we'd move in a second because um, we're kind of over North Carolina and the current mandates right now. Texas is uh, Texas is the spot, man, and um, that's where I've had some of the best Mexican food. So, man, if it was up to me, I'd move to Texas in a minute. I sent a text to Allison the other day saying, you know, Gordon Ryan's moving to Austin. Um, I'm being dead serious. I want to make the move. Like, let's go. Like, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And so, it'd be nice if I could. We'll see. You never know. Might be able to. But um, in other news, I saw that uh, there may be a potential fight between Logan Paul uh, and Anderson Silva. I wonder who is the favorite in that fight. Logan Paul. I'm not going to lie, dude. That's actually not a bad fight. Like, of all, like, the celebrity boxing fights that I've seen that may potentially happen, that's probably the first one that I'm like, hmm, interesting. I wonder who would win. Because Logan is big enough to where he could take some of Anderson's shots, but also Anderson's so quick and so um, his footwork's so good that he might just light him up. I don't think... Logan's got a, um, I mean, granted, this is against Floyd Mayweather, but he's got a pretty good chin on him uh, from the fights we've seen. And um, it'd be, it's an interesting fight. I would uh, obviously go for Silva, but um, it's definitely something I would tune in for. It's, it's definitely an attention grabber. Unlike these other fights, uh, 
that are just like either one-sided or it's two guys who have no idea what they're doing. And, uh, yeah. Uh, in other, uh, in other uh, fight announcements, uh, Kamar Usman and uh, Colby Covington just got announced. Ooh, that ought to be a good one. I can't wait for the build-up to that fight. Um, I bet you that's going to be so much shit talking. But at the same time, Colby, there's so much, only so much shit you can talk. You got finished, man. Kamar slapped that ass. And uh, I wonder how it'll go. I bet you Kamar wins. I think he'll win. I bet you he'll uh, he'll take it. And uh, another person calling for a fight is uh, Cody Garbrandt. He wants to take. He wants to run it back with uh, T.J. Dillashaw. I'll tell you, out of all the satisfying wins I've seen, like some of the most satisfying to me have been when Ronda got beat, and when Colby Covington got beat, and when uh, Cody Garbrandt got beat. Cody Garbrandt, man, I just. I don't know what it is. I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like the... I just don't like his shit talk. It's not really It's not really good. Like, if you notice, that's the constant variable between all three of them. I don't like their shit talk. Like, it's... It's, like, it's not even clever. Like, it's just, like, cheapo... Like, if Connor's the, like, freaking Gucci of shit talking... Uh, they're like the freaking dollar store of shit talking, man. It's it's just not. I find it corny. It's just so. It's just corny to me. I don't find it uh, entertaining. It's just it's just annoying. Something, but I'll tell you, man. Even Connor's shit talking has gotten a bit annoying. Uh, as of recent, because uh, he rec- he yesterday he put out a uh, post saying, "Jumping a guillotine is not a takedown." Absorbing the kick into the leg is not a check. A doctor stoppage is not a TKO. The game goes on, bitches. Piss ants to me, use all are. Not even peasants. Piss ants. Now get to your stationed vlogger cameras, you novice bums. Like, I don't even, like, obviously he's talking about Dustin, but get to your stationed vlogger cameras, you novice bums. I don't even know what that means, bro. Is that like an is that like a Irish European thing like get your station vlogger cameras? Like, are you saying his your camera curves better than his? I don't I don't know I don't get it. And uh, jumping a guillotine, you're correct. It's not a takedown, but you also said first one to go to the ground is a bitch, or something along those lines of let's see who goes to the ground first. You went to the ground first, bro. You initiated uh, the guillotine, and uh, it's interesting. I've seen some of these videos um, of uh, people saying uh, both Dustin and Connor cheated in their uh, in their fight, which I find very interesting because I uh, I didn't believe it at first. But then once I looked into it, if you go back and watch that fight carefully, you can see that once Connor jumps on the guillotine. Dustin puts his toes into the cage and elevates himself and drives his shoulder down to the ground. But he puts his toes in the cage, like gripping the cage. And um, I I watched it carefully and I was like, oh shit, he is. And uh, I think it was Herb Dean that was uh, refereeing that fight. Herb never said anything. It was never addressed. And I was like, well, that's suspect. And then I I was I assume that helped him get out of that guillotine, and then obviously this was known to everyone. You could see it in real time. Connor grabbing uh, Poirier's glove and pulling him in to uh, to uh, get him with the up kicks. And I'll tell you, man, I don't know if I mean it's also on the ref too. Like uh, I don't think Dustin's a dirty fighter, but if ref if ref don't see it, it didn't happen. So I think it's more in the ref. And um, I'll tell you, man, I have seen some Connor do some dirty stuff. Like for example, in the Khabib fight, even though Khabib was beating the shit out of him, that Connor was landing some shots from a bot from the bottom by uh, using the cage, or like at one point he went for a knee from knee from the ground. And last time I checked, that's not legal. He went for a knee knee to the head, so. 
You tell me, man. I don't know. Um, I wonder if that if that cancels it out. I mean, they both they both cheated, so I don't know what you do there. But um, I don't know, man. It's I liked seeing Connor's spirit after the uh, after the loss, but when he does these kind of pointless little trash talking points to try and stay relevant. Kind of makes me sad, man, because you really don't have a leg to stand on. And uh, speaking of mentality, man, I don't know if y'all have heard, but Simone Biles has pulled out of the uh, of the Olympics uh, because of her uh, something going on with with her mental space. And um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have an easy point of view. I don't have a, uh, I can't say that, I can't speak on it from just one perspective. There's so many perspectives to this. The first is, I can't imagine being an Olympic athlete and feeling that kind of pressure. And they were really hyping her up going into the games. Uh, as the GOAT, you know, she she kind of put that pressure on herself also. You know, she was she was talking about how her uniform, uh, she had changed it, and now it has a GOAT on it because uh, she's the best. And uh, she fed into uh, all of the uh, all of the talk of her being the best, and she's the GOAT. So, of course, I couldn't imagine that kind of pressure on my shoulders. But... Also, you're an Olympic athlete. You've been there before. You know what those moments feel like. So it's hard for me to think or believe that she would pull out of probably one of the biggest moments in her competition, uh, competitive uh, career all because she just wasn't feeling it. Like, that just, it seems fishy to me. And, you know, of course, I I can't, I can't say, oh, well, she should have done this, she should have done that. I'm not her. But also, you're an athlete. You know, you know what to expect. You've been there before. So, <clears throat> it's hard for me to not, feel sorry for her but to empathize with her just pulling out because of her mental space but at the same time you don't know because you're not that person but it's it's a tricky situation because you know she's um revered as revered as one of the one of the goats and uh, if not the goat and why would she not why would she not want to pursue that uh that greatness and solidify it you know it's it just it seems fishy to me you know people were going into the games were talking about how you know it, it's rigged you know they're saying you know they're they're uh teaming up against uh Simone Biles you know because um before she had pulled out uh going into the games they said we're going to we're going to uh grade you or uh, score you differently because you're so good we're going to score you differently we're going to uh we're going to put you on a, uh whatever you do it's almost it's going to be lessened because other people who try and do your moves can't do it and so because they're so inferior than you we're going to bring you down and score you differently Whatever you do that's spectacular, you can go ahead and take that off because we're gonna we're not gonna grade you as spectacular as you are. So maybe that had something to do with it. You know, I could see that getting to someone, you know, feeling like as if no matter what you do, it may not be good enough. But you know, I would think as a as an athlete and uh, someone who's been uh, competing her whole life would go, all right, you think you you think I'm not gonna win. All right, I'm going to prove you wrong. But maybe not every competitor is like that. You know, some uh, some can't uh, face uh, adversity like uh, others can. 
So it's a, it's a tricky situation, man. And they're talking about how uh, the viewership for uh, the games are uh, as low as they've ever been in like about 30 years. And uh, I can say, man, I'm not shocked because you have this uh, Simone Biles situation. And um, I think the thing that's not being addressed the most is the fact that they're still allowing... Sorry, my mic got unplugged. Let's fix it here. Sorry. Uh, the fact that Russian athletes are still allowed to compete. And don't get me wrong, this is nothing against uh, Russian athletes, but it is something against the country of Russia. And that you recall doing one of the worst things you can do in uh, sports, which is doping. And you've been banned. So what they've been uh, displaying as their uh, as their logo or their representation is something called ROC. Let me look up what the meaning is. Oh, okay. So it means Russian Olympic Committee. Committee. The Russians are not allowed to use their country f- name, flag, and anthem, and are competing under the the acronym ROC. And basically, from what I've read, all it is is just a loophole to get Russian athletes to compete. Which, I mean, is great for the athletes that weren't open. But what are you going to do about the athletes who um, were open and might still be open? Or the, or the ones that you didn't even catch open? They might still be open. So, how is it really a ban if there's still, ath- uh, still athletes who have doped? in the sport, or in the games, I don't know, I don't know what you do with it, I don't know, it's, uh, it's not good for the, uh, for the Olympics, um, uh, I'm always a big fan of it when it comes around, um, just because, I mean, it's like ESPN 24-7, just nothing but sports every time you, uh, every time you turn on the TV, which, I mean, to some it might be hell, but to me, I, I freaking love it. I mean, it couldn't be no better. They uh, they recently just added uh, Muay Thai to the game, so I wonder when that will. Uh, I wonder when that will happen. Yeah. And um, what else, man? What's oh, and not only that, but you know, it's been it's been uh, it's been something I haven't wanted to talk. I haven't wanted to talk about, but. I think at this point, we're at the tipping point where if we don't speak out about it, it's it's not going to get resolved. The mandates and the push for shutting down and locking the country back up is getting out of control. There have been uh, many studies that have come out that have said, uh, basically, masks don't work. The vaccine is still not going to protect you from COVID. Um, You're actually going to become more likely to infect other people if you get the vaccine. And it's it's getting to be out of hand because there's so much misinformation out there that you don't really know who's right anymore. There's no, because uh, basically what we've learned through COVID is the people that we thought we could trust or corrupt as hell or have some sort of shady background. So you don't really know what to believe anymore. And some are don't want to look into the details or know what they're sticking into their body. So they just listen to whatever the man says on TV or listens to whatever their peers tell them to do. And... It's getting out of control because if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile being the government. So the more, the more that these mandates and these, uh, these restrictions are enforced, the more that big corporations and the government is going to be able to, uh, pull you around and just, uh, tell you what to do no matter if you're okay with it or not 
I'm having this uh I'm having this problem at work actually because I'm in uh I'm in healthcare and um we're now being uh forced basically to uh take a inject be injected with a substance that I have no clue what it'll do to me and no no idea if I'm even covered for it like if I say I get sick off of this vaccine are y'all going to cover all my medical expenses so that's where I'm at with it all man and I don't like to talk about it but I feel like if we don't talk about it people are going to keep pushing their propaganda and people are going to keep pushing their narrative and the middleman, the people who are not on ex- on on either extreme, anti-vax or vax, are never going to have their voices heard. So you got to talk about it, man. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Another uh, another big uh, corporation that just said they're uh, mandating masks again is Disney. So I guess it's. I really thought um, maybe me and Allison would get to go back to uh, Disney at some point. And then today it comes out, Disney's requiring masks again indoors. And I'm like, bro, there's literally emails where it says your your boy Fauci says the masks don't work. I don't know how you can argue with that. He has li- He was literally the poster boy for COVID. So... I don't know how you can, uh, I don't know how you can argue that anymore. I don't know where these studies are coming out that COVID is, you know, so rampant that people, uh, that people are just dying left and right, which don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's people dying of COVID just like there are people dying of many other things, but I can tell you without a doubt that there are people right now in hospitals who have gotten the vaccine and still are suffering from COVID or are dying from it, unfortunately. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of people talking about uh, things they don't know what they're t- people people giving information that don't know anything about it. So there's my little rant. But uh, onto other things I hate. Freaking mosquitoes, man. They're freaking rampant. They're freaking rampant these days. And it's getting on my nerves. So, um, I need to find freaking, I need a freaking mosquito killing company or something to sponsor the, sponsor the podcast because I'm so eat up with mosquitoes and it's been raining here for like freaking a week now and... They just won't go away, man. I'm so eat up from head to toe. It's just ridiculous. But, um, yeah, man. I actually, uh, I didn't talk about this. Uh, this past week, I went to a, uh, I went to a concert with, uh, my good friend, uh, Slick James, uh, aka, uh, Super Duper Dawson. And, um, we went to go, uh, see Riff Raff. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Internet sensation, uh, the million dollar mullet man, the freaking neon icon, Riff Raff was in uh, Greensboro, not uh, not too long ago. It was uh, this past uh, Thursday, I think it was, and um, I sent him the I sent him the picture of it the other day, uh, like a couple days before, and I was like, dude, we ought to go hit this up. And he was like, dude, let's go. Like, I freaking, I love Riff Raff, the goat. And so we went. And, dude, let me tell you about my freaking experience. I'm just going to say this much. Unless you're like a freaking diehard Riff Raff fan, I do not recommend anyone to go see Riff Raff. And that's nothing against Riff Raff. It is totally against either the venue that hosted this concert or the freaking or Riff Raff's manager because let me go into why it was freaking hell. So here's what happened. We get there pretty early. Doors open at 9. 
so we got there. Uh, you know, doors open at eight. Concert starts at nine. We get there. Um, we're waiting in line. It's uh, it's a not line wrapped around the venue, so it was a it's a pretty good wait. So we finally get in, and we're waiting, waiting, and um, finally some uh, some openers come out. Some it, it was two guys. I can't even remember their name, but one of them looked like a cheese ball. I mean, he had on a freaking rainbow mink with some like big shades on and uh, gut popping, of course. And, um, had just some big old, like, pendant chain type deal. And, uh, I was like, okay, this is, this is weird, but, okay, let's see, I'll get down with it. <clears throat> and so, uh, they performed a few songs, and, uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, a little corny, but, what are you gonna do? So I figured, okay, we'll probably, uh, have a couple more openers, and, uh, we'll be good. Freaking three hours later, bro. Three hours later, it wasn't till freaking midnight that Riff Raff finally got out there. He freaking, he was, I knew he was, we wondered for like two hours, was he even there? I'm surprised we even stuck around for that long. We, um, we were in the very front and we were talking with this other, uh, this other group right next to us. They were like, dude, I don't even think Riff Raff's here. Like, he's probably not even here. He's probably not going to make it. That's probably why there's so many freaking openers. It was like, you get you get a stage. You get a stage. You get a stage pass. Like, you come on here. I knew it was going downhill when I saw a guy go up there and freaking just do a handstand. They were playing a WAP, and this dude just decided, and he, he was trying, I think the guy that uh, was hosting was trying to find chicks to come up. And so, the there was one guy that was like, "Oh, I'll go, I'll go, me." And uh, dude goes up there, and he just does a handstand, and everyone's like, "Okay," and dude's like, "Okay, all right." So you're gonna get out here, and this man decide he just points out to the crowd like, "Y'all gonna catch me?" And he freaking dove into the crowd. I was like, "Oh." Because he was, he was going to jump right on top of me and Dawson. And I was like, no, son, I can tell you right now, that shit ain't happening. And so, I uh, I just stepped right out of the way like freaking Matrix. And uh, I was like, alright, this shit, this shit's getting a little out of hand. And then, after many shitty acts, this one guy gets up there named Big Lotion. I know big fucking like just look him up he could he come out there with a guy that uh had a big suit on like a lotion bottle and i was like bro what 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 am i doing why am i here that's when i was contemplating my life and contemplating chopping my legs off because my legs were so numb from standing for three hours and i was like bro why the hell am i even here i paid 15 bucks for a ticket like I could just bounce right now. I'm like, I'm down 15 bucks. Like, I've lost worse. And so I was like, I'm just going to stick it out. Because we could see, um, it was like a little door on the right. And you could see outside. And he was just uh, chilling in, a, in an SUV. And so then he finally comes out. Only to like go towards like the bathrooms. And then comes right back out. And goes into the freaking SUV again. I was like, okay, that's weird. And it looked like his, like, manager was going after him, like, you know, trying to get him back on stage. I don't know. If uh, if you were at this concert and you know any details, please hit me up because I want to know what the hell was going on. But, um, but he find then they finally get him out of the SUV, get him on stage, doesn't even address the crowd, really. I mean, uh, the the hype man, DJ, whatever, was in the back, and was like, you know, what's up, Greensboro, North Carolina? You know, Riff Raff never really said much. He, like, he sung the songs, but it wasn't really like he engaged the crowd. It was just very like, like, yeah, I'm here to do business. Okay, and now I'm ready to get out. So, I don't know if it's just Riff Raff going downhill or what, but after, like, 15, no, it was like, he played for, like, 30 minutes, and then somehow just disappeared off stage and so I look at Dawson and I go 
bro, I'm ready to go. Are you ready? And he, I was like, I've heard everything I want to hear. Have you, uh, are you good? And he was like, yeah, man, I'm good. It's, it's getting a little, uh, it's getting a little hectic because right after he left the stage, the freaking openers, all of them just got on stage and started like just singing random songs, not even their songs, just like songs in general. And I was like, bro, what the hell? I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. There was one guy, I don't even know his name, but he had like a, he had a shirt on that said like King. And you could tell he knew that the crowd was pissed because he was telling everyone like, all right, come on guys. Like, what the fuck? Like, come on. I need to see some energy. And I'm like, everybody's like, mm-hmm. Okay, bro. Yeah. You want to see some energy? I want to see Riff Raff. That's all I was thinking the whole time. I was like, dude, where the fuck is Riff Raff? It's been three hours. Three freaking hours. I've been here since freaking eight o'clock. And four, make that four hours. The show started at nine. And I've been standing here since freaking eight. And then once the show started at nine, it I didn't see Riff Raff till midnight. Oh, I was so pissed. And um, after that... Uh, we were riding home, and we were just talking about, like, dude, what the fuck? What? Like, what were we even doing there? Like, we should have left hours ago. But, I mean, I got to see him perform the songs I wanted to uh, see him perform, so... I don't know. Was it worth it? Was it not? I don't know, bro. But, um... But, yeah, man. Uh, another, uh... Another better... Real, uh, better music, uh news um i'm ready for freaking kanye to drop this donda album bro kanye when you gonna drop this album i'm so ready for him to drop it and he says he's gonna drop it like next week but we'll see i swear uh kanye i don't care who you are you gotta respect what the man's done as far as music and fashion goes this man is a trendsetter like you can't tell me that kanye didn't change music like, I didn't used to be, like, a diehard Kanye fan until, like, I really went back and, like, really listened to everything. And I was like, dude, this guy's a freaking genius. Like, that, I, I still think to this day. And a lot of people, a lot of the freaking uh, nut huggers uh, that ride on freaking uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy are going to be mad at me because they think that's, like, the godsend. Like, that's the only good album ever created and don't get me wrong i used to think it was trash but then i went back and listened to the songs and i was like oh okay okay this album's pretty great and so then uh i went back i went back and listened to it and i was like okay it's great but the best album is his first album uh was it graduation one with the bear on it Yeah, dude, that freaking album is legendary, dude. It's got so many freaking bangers on it. Like, freaking Good Morning, Stronger, Good Life, Flashing Lights, freaking Can't Tell Me Nothing, Champion, I Wonder, Homecoming. Dude, there's so many bangers on there, bro. And so many songs that changed music, like Stronger. Like, you can't tell me that song... Anytime that song comes on anywhere, people are like, oh, no, don't kill me. Dude, That just the sound of it was like nothing you'd ever heard before. It was, it was just crazy, man. Kanye's changed music, and um, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm excited to see how, uh, how his uh, next album does. Like, he's like reached like Michael Jackson status. Like, to me, Michael Jackson is the GOAT. There's no one who tops Michael Jackson. And... He's starting to get to the point where he's at, like, Michael Jackson status because this man sold out an arena, the Mercedes-Benz Arena in Atlanta, for people to listen to an album that they have no clue what songs are on it. Like, they can't even, like, sing along or anything because they don't know anything. And this man convinced everyone to attend, pay, and freaking, like, fan out. Like, he garners so much interest, and it's insane. It's it's insane how 
how good Kanye is at uh, capturing everyone's attention. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, man. Ooh, but yeah, man. Um, oh, something that I wanted to talk about um, that just came up recently. So the guy that Joe Schilling had knocked out, I talked about this in the last podcast. The guy that Joe Schilling had knocked out, I was basically like, you know, like Joe Schilling didn't have to fight him, but you know, he did. So I feel like I blame more. I blame I blame it more on Joe than I do the guy. But then it comes out that the guy that Joe Schilling knocked out is actually a pretty big douche, Magoosh. He freaking. So it turns out the guy that uh, Joe Schilling knocked out, he physically abused a woman on the regular. And it, the woman who he had abused uh, reached out to Joe Schilling and was like, you know, he used to physically abuse me all the time. Thank you for sticking up for that busboy and for the closure you just gave me. I've been waiting for eight years for karma to hit him straight in the face. And sure enough, did it hit him straight in the face, bro. He got that three-piece combo with a milkshake and a cookie, man. He got he got it all, man. Oof. And uh, that shows you, man, karma. You got to put uh, whatever you put out into the universe, man. I believe in it. Whatever you put out in the universe is going to come right back to you. That's why I only put out positive vibes and I only support people, man. I never, uh, I'm not going to say I never, I'm not going to say I never wish, (laughs) I'm not going to say I never wish bad stuff on people because I'm a sinner just like you and just like everyone else. Sometimes I want to see people who have bad things coming to them, come to them. I'm not perfect, and I'm not going to say I am, but, but yeah, but I'm working on it, man, I'm not perfect, but sometimes it, it's just like, uh, Charlamagne the God says, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not perfect, but, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, uh, sometimes I'll forgive, but sometimes it's just going to be fuck you, man, sometimes it's just going to be like that, and yeah, man, uh, what are we at now, how much time are we at? see here we're at like a little under an hour let's see what's some more stuff we can talk about i need to uh y'all need to send in some questions and uh some things you'd like for me uh to talk about on the pod so i can uh cover everything y'all want to cover whether it be music uh fighting jujitsu anything man just anything Send in, uh, send a request, uh, whatever we want to do. Man, have y'all seen the video of freaking Hector Lombard and Tyron Woodley going at it? They're literally arguing over a side piece, bro. Hector literally says to him, you know, uh, I want that smoke. I want that smoke. And he's like, oh, you tried to hook up with my side piece, bro? You try to hook up on my side piece? And Tyron's like, he's straight up is like, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right, bro. I try to hook up with your uh, side piece. So what? And, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a crazy world out there when, uh, you got Hector Lombard and Tyron Woodley arguing about side pieces, bro. Come on, guys. Argue about something better. Pick a different hill to dial. But, um, and, uh, and, Tyron is actually, uh, I don't know if I talked about this yet, but, uh, Tyron actually has been, uh, training with Floyd for his, uh, upcoming fight, and, uh, I feel like that's gonna make a difference, man, because if, if Tyron is consistently training with, uh, uh, Mayweather, and, um, he's putting in the work, he's, he's determined, he's got his head straight, I think that's a dangerous Tyron Woodley, man, when you got a locked-in, focused Tyron Woodley, Ooh, he could put your lights out, man. So, uh, I'm going for Tyron. Um, Jake has made me a fan of Tyron uh, at this point. So, uh, sorry, bro. And uh, someone else who's been working with a legend is freaking Brandon Moreno, dude. Um, 
last week he was uh he was working uh with Canelo on his uh on his boxing and um how to uh how to throw uh hooks correctly. I'm telling you, man, that's a that's a nasty duo right there. Brandon Moreno and uh, Canelo. Phew. Mm. Nasty dude. Canelo's just such a freaking go, dude. And I love it that he's freaking Mexican, dude. Because I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. That's like one of my peoples out there. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it hits like that for uh, everyone else. Sorry about that. Freaking camera battery went out. Had to replace that. <clears throat> but like I was saying, I don't know if it's, um, if it hits like this for everyone else, but when you see someone out there uh, being a great at a, uh, at a sport that looks like you, it just hits different, man. Of course, I'm not a freaking white ginger uh, like Nadler, but uh, it hits different, man. It hits different when you see someone out there uh, uh, doing the damn thing, uh, and uh, and they look like you. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's so much more... Uh, it hits different when I see someone like Brandon Moreno uh, become a UFC champion, become the first Mexican-born UFC champion. So um, it's um it's crazy. I can uh, I can imagine the same thing for uh, for moms out there, uh, for uh, for all the uh, moms out there when uh, Misha Tate goes out and uh, wins her uh, wins her fight in uh, exciting uh, in an exciting way. It just uh, it empowers you, gives you a uh, Gives you a different type of motivation. So yeah, man, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, I'll tell you, you may think the hardest thing about podcasting may be setting up the audio, or setting up the video, or making sure all the chords and shit are right, and they're not freaking tangled up, or coming up with topics, or just getting out here and doing it, or freaking making sure that batteries stay in and nothing goes off and nothing goes wrong. And nobody just busts in on your conversation. No, I'll tell you, that is not the. Those are not the hardest things about podcasting. The hardest thing about podcasting, I'll tell you, is freaking coming up with a name for the podcast for each episode. Because I always try and come up with little clever ones that uh, are something from the podcast. But sometimes I'm just I, I hit a wall. I'm like, bro, I don't know what to call this freaking. I'm just gonna call it episode sixteen. Hang on. I'm going to call this the sneezing episode. <coughs> uh, that's not Delta. That's not the Delta variant. I promise, guys. My wife always does that every time we go uh, We go out places. She embarrasses me. She knows I hate when, uh, when uh, I do something that may draw attention to me. And she'll point it out. Like if I, like if I choke on my water... And I start coughing. I want nobody to look at me. I want everyone to just keep talking like they were. I don't want anybody to say anything. I don't want anybody to address anything. And the worst part is is when you do that and you try and uh, try and like recover from it, and then another one hits and they go, "Oh, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, yes, bro. Freaking go back to conversation. Stop looking at me. Stop putting the spotlight on me. You know, stop looking at me." But yeah, man. Um. I don't know what I'm gonna call this episode. We'll see. Sneezing episode. Who knows, bro? The Delta episode. Delta Delta Eight variant. Who knows, bro? COVID Delta. Delta Eight. Who knows? But um, as always, I appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, this has been the Jazz Jitsu Podcast. Also wanted to add a little thing in there. Um, be sure that you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I'm putting out uh. Weekly clips um, every Monday and Wednesday, uh, little jiu-jitsu uh, instructionals. And um, right now, I am on a series called Zero to Hero. There are currently four episodes out. And uh, is it four? No. I got I got one on the way, possibly dropping tomorrow. But I think so far there's three episodes. And... Um, be sure you go check that out. Um, that's where the video podcast is at. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever you listen to it on, um, there's uh, vlogs coming out. Uh, I do. I want to start doing a, a vlog each month, but um, 
just go on the YouTube channel, man. Uh, go to the YouTube channel. Uh, check out the podcast and all the streaming platforms. Uh, be sure you turn on your bell notifications for uh, for all these applications so that you can get immediate access to all the content, all the free content that that I'm uh, that I'm putting out. So um, yeah, man, it's there for the taking. So uh, why not scoop it up, bro? So uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, this has been the Jesuits Podcast. I'm out. Peace. I have bad news for you.